0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Behind the Back podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Marcos Conan Negron, and beside me here is Ben the Jet Rats. How you doing, buddy?
1: Good, man. I am so stoked for this week.
0: I know. We got a lot of big news. We're going to talk about some changes a little later on here on how we're going to be moving uh, forward with the podcast. But before we get started into that, today is October 5th. And uh, it is about 730 at the time of this recording. So Ben and I will be talking about the Eagles game and the Niners game for this week, as well as locking in our week five picks. So with that being said, first up on the docket is technically the Eagles at the Rams. But let's be honest here. You, the Niners are uh, the game of the week with the San Francisco 49ers playing the Dallas Cowboys. So I think the people want to hear that first. So With that being said, I'm going to let you take over. So let's talk Niners. How are you feeling coming into this game?
1: I am so excited for this game. Um, This is one of those games like, you know, early on in a season when you're looking at the breakdown of the schedule, you circle a few games, you know, it's personal rivalries or it's team rivalries or it's games that just you, you want to win that matchup. This is one that the Cowboys have circled. This is one that the Niners have circled. This is a rivalry that dates back historically for years and years and years. So this is this is a huge game. Currently, the Niners are three-and-a-half-point favorites, um, at least at the time that we are talking about this. That could fluctuate depending on who's playing and who's not. Um, but an interesting thing is our record against – or the, the Niners' record against the Cowboys all-time is 19-19-1. I
0: was about so to ask.
1: It is <laughs> as even as it gets. Now, with – you know, with exception to the last like two or three years, the Cowboys had our number. I mean, you know, the Cowboys were beating the Niners pretty consistently there. Um, but we we the Niners leveled out to score there um, and we got you know, we got back to even with them. So this is going to be a fun one. It's, in my opinion, probably going to be the most watched regular season at game, at least to this point.
0: So far. Absolutely. So, so with that, what? uh. I will, since I'm the road guy here, I will tell you my score real quick. I had the Niners winning this game 34-28. Now, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think think it's going to be a shootout in the sense, I think that both defenses are so good, but at the same time, I think there's going to be points scored defensively for both teams. Like, I think maybe there's going to be a pick six. Maybe there'll be a fumble return. I think the defense is going to make some noise in this game, but I also think both offenses are going to have I think they're going to have relative success.
1: Oh. Yeah, they, they absolutely could. You know, it's hard for me right now because I'm so high on Purdy. I'm on a Purdy high at the moment. He hasn't Everyone made a be. mistake. And I, I'm not afraid to not knock on wood on that. You know, he he genuinely he hasn't turned the ball over yet to this point. Mind you, he hasn't played a top defense like this. So I will be curious to see if he does turn the ball over um, how, how we as a team, and especially Purdy, comes out and faces that adversity maybe he goes down a couple uh a couple you know touchdowns or 10 points or something I want to see how he fights back into that game right this is that game that we were discussing you know it's it's this is the last step that Purdy has to prove and it's how does he play in a situation where he's not on the winning side of the ball
0: Mm -hmm. I also think that this and when we look at it, last year you guys did win, but that was probably statistically the worst game of Brock's career. That was probably the game that he looked the most rattled. You guys, you guys, neither team put up twenty points, so it was uh, it was low scoring, a defensive affair. So I'm actually interested to see now with Brock's growth in the system, how how far along this offense has come, and also same thing for the Cowboys defense, how far they've come along, and maybe will Dak be able to shake off this you know Niners monkey that he has on his back. So there's a lot of juicy storylines in here and it's it's one of those games where it's like something's got to give either the Cowboys are legit and maybe they are the team that we're you know that most people think they are or it goes the other way and maybe Brock Purdy is the quarterback that everyone kind of figured he is within a system around really good players, but they could also work that maybe both the defenses steal the show. And either quarterback does well. And then that conversation, you know, it's weird. There's a lot of things that could happen based on the score of this game. I do think this game matters just a tiny bit more for the Cowboys, obviously, because you guys are undefeated. And if the, again, the scrutiny that's going to come with it, it's going to come down harder on the Cowboys than it would the Niners. If you guys lose, they've lost, they've
1: lost in a key game the last two years in a row. And like to be eliminated by the same team in a, embarrassing fashion, not in the scoreline, but just the last play of each of those games to be, you know, eliminated two years in a row like that. There's got to be a massive chip on your shoulder coming out of that. Right. Right. So this, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a bigger matchup for the Cowboys. However, you know, one thing the Niners do really well, that's prepare each week for whoever's on the other side of the ball. And that's one thing the Cowboys have this year failed to do. They overlooked the Cardinals and it's as simple as that. The Cardinals, they came ready to play more than the Cowboys did to that game. The Cardinals Absolutely. are not a better team than the Cowboys. I will say that ten times out of ten times. That was <laughs> that was a fluke of a game, right? The Cardinals, they come ready to play week in and week out. They've proved that this year in the first four weeks. Um, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, they need to be ready for this game, and I think they they will be. You know, and right. that's we're gonna see a Form of the Cowboys that even considering the forty to zero win over the Giants, the thirty to ten win over the Jets, the thirty eight to three win over the past just last week, we're gonna see a form of the Giants we or excuse me, the Cowboys we have not seen yet.
0: Right. And again, that's something that people have questioned going into this game is the level of talent that has been played. When yeah, so you guys both played the Giants, you both played the Cardinals, and then the only difference was they played the Jets and you guys played Oh, I'm blanking. Steelers right we played the, yeah
1: Steelers Rams yeah
0: and the Rams right so this is I think again this whole Cardinals and they're just whipping on bad teams which is what they should be doing but at the same time that Cardinals game is going to hang heavy especially if they lose and then keep in mind too the other monkey that they have quick question you guys won both of those games that you won they were both at AT&T Stadium right they're both at Dallas
1: um, the playoff no, game first the first one was last year's was at um was at Levi's
0: that's right you guys were the second seed right yeah that's right so screw you guys there. for that <laughs> <laughs> but hey it, it'll probably be flip-flop this year honestly we'll see man um but regardless if they lose this game the 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 thing that's they're going to be thinking no matter how well they do the rest of the season oh crap we're still going to have to try and beat the Niners in the playoffs most likely if the we if the cowboys go as far as people think they're going to go too so they're going to if you guys are almost destined to face each other at this point it's either going to be the eagles or the you know e- eagles and niners or the cowboys and niners i really think at the top the niners are going to end up representing one side of the nfc in my opinion so if they have to go through if they lose to you guys i don't know what it's going to do their confidence moving forward especially if they have to meet up with you guys again on the road in the playoffs so
1: Yeah, no, it would be an enormous hit to their confidence. Uh, No question about that, you know, and that's, I think, why it's going to weigh that much, that heavier into this game for them. Um, So I I do want to discuss a little bit or just just point out some interesting things to this point about the Cowboys defense. So per game, their points per game allowed, they're number one in the league, allowing only 10.3. Mind you, they're playing some offenses that have taken a hit. There's things to consider. Right. But there's no doubt they're a saw, very solid defense. Yards per game, they're number two, allowing only 259 per. Um, yards per play, they're number seven, allowing 4.7. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. So their third down conversion rate is a 30.6%, which is number four overall.
0: Okay, now, so their defense. So their defense. For their oh, okay. defense. Okay.
1: Now, the Niners' third down conversion rate on offense is a 46.5%, which is good for seven. Mm-hmm. So there's there's going to be an interesting... I don't know how it's going to shake down on third down. Um, <laughs> and it's it's almost flopped like that on the other end when you look at the Niners' defense and the Cowboys' offense. So the last thing is red zone defense for the Cowboys. They're number one overall with a 1% allowing rate. Wow. That's, yeah.
0: That's wild. It doesn't seem that way.
1: No, that's that's insane.
0: That means that there's
1: only been... Like one touch a off. time or two, yeah. In <laughs> yeah. in the red zone against them, like it's yeah. kind of crazy. So defensively, they're absolutely loaded. When you look at the offensive side of the ball for them, they're number four in points per games. They're eleventh in offensive yards per game. They're fifteenth in yards per play, which is kind of surprising. I thought they'd be a little bit more. And then they are actually this is this is funny. They're number one overall in third down conversions at fifty one point six percent of the time.
0: Wow, I didn't realize it was them that was – they're so terrible in the red zone. I know. uh, So that's always been the thing so far with the Cowboys. They've been able to move the ball. Their yards don't surprise me too much considering how well their defense has been playing. They're setting them up in short fields, getting the interceptions, scoring touchdowns for them. But, yeah, no, this will be a big Dak Prescott game because – Do you know where uh, they rank in red zone? I'm going to guess their bottom five will say like third to last. 30th. Okay, I was close. Dang it. <laughs> or wait, Very is close. that third? That would be third, right? 30 31st. Are 30. there 32 teams, right? I think there's 32. So yes, okay. Lit. I got yeah. it. Okay, cool. Bangin. I th- I knew they were bad. I knew they weren't crazy. I knew they weren't that great. And they then they had a awkward uh red zone trip against the Patriots where they went for it on fourth and they didn't get it. So against you guys, I, I it'll be a lot tougher for sure. What is, yeah. the, what is the matchup you're most excited to see? What do you think would swing the game the most if it went one side or the other?
1: It's a good question, because I actually looked at a lot of the matchups um, this week and seeing where either side can exploit the other. Um, and there's, I'm most concerned with, and I stay concerned with, the Niners secondary the Cowboys are good for a couple of shots a game downfield, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if CD is a really good receiver. And I mean, there's, there's no doubting that. And he can get separation, especially against guys like Henry Thomas and Delmetto Lenore. Um, so I'm a little nervous about those matchups just in the secondary, as far as the run game. I don't think they're going to do much on the ground against this. Uh, I think we'll, we'll be able to contain them. They like to run up the middle, straight up the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, Majority of their plays have come up to get anything on the outside has only been good for an average of about four and a half yards per game so it'll be it'll be a through the middle if they get us and You know hope to get it close enough so that they can throw a little, you know uh, Out route or something just to get a first down and see if they can get yards after the catch Right as far as the Niners side of the ball. I just want to see CMC rip this team apart
0: This is this and is a this is a big run CMC game
1: Yes, this is going to be how we get the win. Is CMC going for 150 yards in in rushing? Yeah, I mean, I trust and I trust I trust Brock a lot. Okay, but this is a defense that Brock hasn't seen on the Cowboys side. Even last year, he didn't see this style of defense. This is a much better defense than in the you know first round of the playoffs last year. Right. The so. only thing
0: that benefits him is that Trayvon Diggs isn't there. That's the only difference. But then they replaced Trayvon with Stefan Gilmore. So it's like, it's basically it solid. even in that. Yeah. Solid. And they've been, there was a thing, they were only allowing all of their cornerbacks. And you guys are very similar in this regard defensively. Their defensive backs have a 70 passer rating, all of them. All of their guys, Duran Curse, Stefan Gilmore is at an 80. Uh he's allowing 80, but he's taking on the tougher targets or whatever. And uh I forget some of their guys that they have on the back end, but I know they have really good players. They are stacked, they're a stack defense. You have yeah. to worry about Dexter Lawrence and Micah, obviously. But I know you guys in the back end, surprisingly, have actually all rated at 70 as well, which was interesting considering how some of these chunk plays you guys do give up to. So
1: Yeah, definitely. Um so I, I I need to see a big game out of CMC you know, things to keep in mind for the Niners offensively is we're number four in points per game. We're number two in yards per game. We're number two in yards per play. We're number seven on third down conversions and we're number seven in red zone conversion. So offensively, can we be honest, you and I, that the Niners are the best offensive team in the league through week five.
0: Right. Absolutely. And because I can't, it was the dolphins. Maybe I would maybe argue the bills, but at the same time, I, it's it's so close. You guys close. you guys have put up 30 points, 30 plus every single game. So that's uh that's top tier offense right there.
1: <laughs> Definitely. And we've seen we've seen everything from full blitzes, the most blitzes in a game to the least blitzes in a game and three man zone coverages. Um so he you know, Brock and that offense has seen a lot of different style defenses this year. Mm-hmm. Mind you, Like I've been saying, this is a Cowboys defense that's got a lot to give, you know. So I want to see, I think we're going to trust CMC on the ground a little bit more. I think Kyle is going to trust CMC on the ground, at least initially in this game. I can see, I can see us using him like 45% of the time through the first half just to get things rolling. Get us some points on the board, some reliability, you know. Uh, Absolutely. You can trust Brock. There's no doubt about that. It's it's a matter of not letting him get ra- uh, rattled early. If he gets hit by Micah early on in this game, or he throws a pick early on in this game, or fumbles it, whatever the matter, it could get messy.
0: Yeah, we don't know. Clock.
1: Yeah, we don't know because again, Brock hasn't had that situation really. The the first time that ever happened to him was when Hassan Reddick hit him and tore his you know UCL
0: right. So <laughs> and um. One one matchup I really think I'm looking out for is Steve Wilkes versus Dak because if Steve Wilkes yes. runs a heavy zone style coverage, Dak is notoriously good at picking apart zones. He does he did that with the Eagles all last year. Jonathan Gannon was a very zone heavy guy, and he was just cooking us. He he last one of the games he played against us last uh, year, he had like an 85 percent completion percentage. So. He was so he can he can make those plays in the zone. So I am I'm interested to see what kind of schemes defensively Steve Wilkes draws up, and maybe maybe you're gonna dial up a blitz here and there to try and pressure because you guys you guys were like 22nd in the league in blitz percentage for how often you blitz. So I wonder, and that's what you know that's what you get when you have an l- elite defensive line. So you can force you can run more coverages like that. Right, but I wonder if we're if the goal is maybe pressure Dak a little bit, make him uncomfortable, try and dial up a blitz or two, see if uh, if it uh, we can get him at a good time.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, so the long the long answer to your question, I think one of the biggest matchups in this game that I'm actually looking for is I need to see the Niners' offensive uh, lineman Colton McKivitts. He has to have like a game of his career. Yeah. Because they're they're gonna put Micah on him every single time. He is the weakest link in in our offensive line. He's proved it. He proved it last year. He needs to he needs to block Micah at least force him off you know off route so that he doesn't have a clean shot at Brock. Yeah. I don't want to see Brock get lit up, and I'm definitely afraid of that. Micah is hungry. He's he said it in his podcast. He's said it <laughs> on the field. Like he's he's a dog. He's ready to hit. So yeah, I, I, think, I need to uh, see Colton pop off for us.
0: It'll be interesting because that's the problem with their defensive line. They have good defensive tackles, but Dexter Lawrence is going to be on the other side. Trent Williams is most likely yep. going to have to handle that. And there's no way schematically that they're going to line Micah up with Trent at all. There's no need to, unless they feel like Dexter might be having the advantage that, that game. But I also think that Micah, I think they're going to get home at least a couple of times. I think, I just hope that, it's either Brock's either able to get rid of it or it's not a sack that's that detrimental. It's a few yards and he comes up and it's okay. I think Kyle's going to have a good scheme. I think he's going to have, he's going to put your you guys in a really good, their guys in a really good situation where scheming guys open, using a balance with CMC, I'm definitely going to see a lot of screens it'll be interesting to see how they approach that. That'll be one way to kill them. If you, if you show the screens a lot, that's how you stop a good pass rush. So I could see that a lot with, against Micah too. So. Yeah.
1: So ultimately I think the Niners keys to this win all, I'll kind of wrap it up here on the Niners. Um, so Niners need to um, need to convert on third down and they need to get in the red, uh, in the t- end zone, in the red zone. Like that's, that's a mandatory. We can't have slip ups in the red zone, especially if we get as far down that field, you have to convert. Um, We need to have some big plays, whether it's on the ground or it's through the air, you know, prove me wrong, Purdy, go, go on a deep ball and and get a big one over the middle. Like that would, that would be awesome. We need to keep extended drives and try and control the clock through this game. If we can Mm -hmm. control the clock, like we've done in the last two matchups against the Cowboys, we'll have a good shot at winning. Um, and then the last two, um, I just I need Purdy, if he's gonna throw, he needs to be able to read this uh defense as best he can. And that's gonna be on Shanahan to set him up for success in this game. And he's done a great job through all of his career starts, regular season career starts, of setting Brock up for success. Right. He's one of the best quarterbacks, um, statistically speaking in the league. So I think Kyle Shanahan needs to be creative in this game, but he also needs to be a little bit conservative when it comes to, you know, trying to control this game and keep it, keep it reeled in. Don't go too crazy and try and do something that's outside of Brock's capabilities per se. Right. Cause we don't know. He hasn't been entirely pushed yet. So
0: this will be, this is a great, this I'm so excited. This is going to be such a fun game. It I is. hate, it, I hate that we're playing so close together cause they're going to be happening at the same time. Basically, because what wait, you guys are. Whoa, is are the, we're Sunday Night Football. Oh, so it's 530.
1: 520, Our, I think. Yeah. West
0: Coast time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Eagles play at 405. So we'll be we'll be about halfway done. Mm-hmm. So, OK, so it'll be good. At least there'll be something to tune in there after. So but so, yeah, yeah, this will this is going to be great. I'm. I really hope that the Niners get the win, obviously, for the sake of, you know, as an Eagles fan getting that gap the Cowboys at three and two looks a lot better than the Cowboys at four and one on my side. So that's what I want Definitely. to see
1: for sure. So you said, you said final score was 3428.
0: Right. And I could be totally wrong in terms of that. I think um, it could be lower. It could be like a 2421 game, but I'm banking on the fact that I feel like this is just going to be a game where the offense is click.
1: I feel it. And it could very well be, this is a hard to predict game on who's going to win and what the score line's going to be. I actually have the Cowboys. Win. I'm just kidding. I have uh-huh. the Niners winning this twenty-seven twenty-one, baby.
0: <laughs> That's great. I love that. No shot you wouldn't get the. <laughs> no, um, yeah. I think uh, I'm excited to see just because there's so much built up into this game. This is one. There was a there was a thing that, that was talked about. I guess I'll do that during the picks because there were. I'll talk about it later. But this going into this. This is this got this got even more juice because the Cowboys lost against the Cardinals and it sets them up to have even more pressure. And with the way the media has, according to Dak, propped them up above everyone else, set different expectations. They're going to be looked at with the most scrutiny out of anybody this weekend. So you guys will get a break If if the worst happens. And, you know, this week just doesn't make it. This doesn't happen. It's not the end of the world for you guys. You guys will probably still be viewed as the best team in the NFC. So.
1: I don't know about the best in the NFC, but I think in terms of, you know, uh, the the power rankings all around the league, we would stay in the top five. For and sure. We'd stay in the top five, so.
0: I guess it depends on, for both teams, it really does depend how this game turns out. Like, if one team wallops the other, that's going to open a whole lot of can of worms of questions oh, yeah. for either side. But if it's a close game and one of them's on a game-winning field goal and a couple mistakes here and there would probably change the game, then maybe the opinion's a little different. Because here's the thing, Brock could have an awesome game and then you guys still lose. But then the narrative wouldn't change on Brock. Like, oh, he's not a winner. He balled out, and that just didn't happen. So, same thing with Dak. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this game for hours. Yes, we could. Honestly, there's (laughs) another really good game that I want to talk about that features your Eagles and the Los Angeles Rams. Please go get those Rams.
0: Yeah, so what do you have as your score for this game?
1: So, believe it or not, I... I played with either side of this. Mm-hmm. I saw a scenario where the Rams didn't put a whooping on you guys, but won this game and controlled this game. But ultimately, when I really got down and dirty into the stat lines and and everything, I see Philly winning this game thirty five to twenty seven.
0: Wow, we were close. I have them winning thirty five thirty one. I think the I don't think they're gonna I think the Rams will cover. So. What I was really looking forward into this game. So it's most likely now that Cooper Cup will be back into the lineup there. He's looking good. He's looking like he'll be ready to play. So this will be very interesting to see now how their offense kind of generates possessions with all of a sudden this just looks like one of the most stacked receiving cores in the league now. Yeah, the league leader in yards and catches in Puka Nakua Cooper Cup, who was the triple crown winner multiple years in a row. And then you have Tutu well the burner, and then Tyler Higby is a good tight end. They have weapons. And Kyron Williams, their running back, I'm not too worried about. He would had a good game against Indy, but I, our run defense is a little more stout. Um, and I, he's not elite either. Not yeah, and he hasn't. He's he played well. He's done. He's done well since Cam Akers has left. Did his but, job. Yeah, and they're not necessarily the greatest running team either. I don't know if I have their thing on here. They were like middle of the pack for sure. Mm -hmm. and but they they still average over 100 yards a game so they they're balanced but this is very much a matt stafford led team that i have a feeling that early on when everyone's fresh no not no one's really tired yet that their o-line is going to last just enough to give matt good looks going into it i think he's going to pick up pick us apart early we did add a Slot corner Bradley Roby and he he's been in the league for a while he won the Super Bowl back in 2015 in his second year with the Broncos and he's kind of moved around since then but there's so they said he will probably he's going to be elevated that way we can get James Bradbury back to the uh, to the outside where he's better at. And just call on Josh Job when we really need it. Terrell Edmonds is not going to be starting. Justin Evans has been cleared; he's good to go, which isn't the major upgrade. But over Terrell Edmonds, anyone is an upgrade. So I was happy to see that. And Quez Definitely. Watkins will be coming back. But on defense, Fletcher Cox will actually—he this would be a, a rare game, but he's actually going to be missing this one. He's been having back issues for the past couple of weeks.
1: Oh, I didn't so, know
0: that. He was pay- playing through pain apparently. I didn't really realize this either. They had to give him an epidural. Uh, this week to try to see if it could help him with his back, but they said if he were to miss a game, it would just be one that he'd be back next week. I think he just needs a week off, and he is the oldest dude on the defense, playing the most snaps on the defense. So we're getting the mileage out of him. So I this is going to be a cool big test for Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams. Like we're getting those guys; those are going to be our main three. So I am really excited to see how that works out with them getting a little extra usage um it'll be it'll be really cool to see this is a big test for our young guys but fortunately their offensive line is battered Their starting offensive tackle Alaric Jackson and then their starting guard Joe Noboom who weren't really names to note in the first place their offensive line has been Stafford's been getting beat up this year let's face it so I think the Eagles will generate pressure as the game goes on it'll just be a matter of limiting the big plays I still think Puka and Cooper are gonna get theirs. Matt Stafford's too talented. The offense is too talented. Sean McVay will have a good game plan drawn up with the way our defense has been. But I like. I think we'll be able to hold them when it matters the most. I just I hope that we limit penalties. The Rams are also pretty turnover prone. They're twenty fourth in uh, turnover differential. They're minus three, and obviously there was no turnovers in the Eagles game last week, so they're still at plus four, which is still sixth in the league. So. Um, but how you mentioned with the Cowboys' defense uh, being what was it fourth on third down, like yeah. percentage for the defense? The Rams are better. The Rams are second in the league in third down percentage. They are twenty six percent of their third down defense. Wow! So I wouldn't and I wouldn't have thought that because when you go to the red zone, both them, both the Rams and the Eagles allow seventy percent scoring in sure. the red zone, which is both t- bottom ten in the league. That's terrible. Mm hmm, and. It was uh that was notable to me. Both offenses are top five in yards, and the Eagles are sixth in scoring, and the Rams are like fourteenth because they haven't really been able to finish them off, finish off possessions. But they're moving the ball. They're they are fourth in the league in uh, yards, and the Eagles are fifth. So the big matchup offensively that I'm really looking for for the Eagles is I didn't I didn't realize this going in, but you know very well based off of the Niners game, and I actually used. The Niners game is kind of a metric because the Rams played the injury riddled Bengals and then they played uh, the Seahawks who were not playing. That was week one and the Seahawks came out so flat. It didn't really feel like a legitimate game. And they gave you guys a little bit of trouble. And it was, you know, it was it a was kind of a balanced offense and Christian was doing his work on the ground. So I'm expecting our ground game to wake up in this game and be we're going to be a little bit more balanced. But. One of the players on the Rams that drew attention was Akella Witherspoon. Uh So I didn't know this until I did a little research. And Akella Witherspoon was on the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. And A.J. Brown had three touchdowns in that game against Pittsburgh last year where Akella Witherspoon was guarding him twice. And so he scored on him twice. So I'm expecting a huge A.J. Brown game again. So I think we're going to scheme him open. They're going to find one-on-one looks. Devontae's gonna you know they're gonna I think they're aware of this matchup and Aquila's gonna try and you know stake his claim but I think the offense will only really get moving if we can finally get Dallas Goddard involved he's yes he's only had 88 total yards this year which for a consensus top five receiving tight end it's wild to me that's that's inexcusable and I understand that it's part of the system of playing with aj and Devontae and those guys are open those are the guys you go to and it's not like he's not being targeted he's had 19 targets so it's spread out that's about four a game four plus a game so it's not like he's not receiving attention but it's i we need to find ways to get him more involved and the linebackers for the rams are can be can be got we can get them over the middle of the field if we game plan for it i don't think we're going to draw up a whole scheme All about Dallas Goddard, AJ Brown, and Devontae are always going to be the top two that we get open, but the Eagles need to figure out a way to get Dallas Goddard going. He's so effective as a run blocker too, which is what make which is what helps, and he takes pride in it. But yeah, there's you can't help but think when they're when you're that good. He came into this preseason when they interviewed him during the preseason games. Dallas was like, "Oh, I want I'm I'm aiming for a thousand yards this year. He could he's not even going to sniff 500 at the rate he's going." So we have him for another year, but then those contract talks will come up and that might, he might not, you know, he might not feel like a true part of the system, even though he loves everybody. He loves his team. He's a great team player, but he's at that stage of his career where he can, he could benefit being the number one tight end option somewhere else that would actually use him more. So that's one thing to look out for because everyone talked about the whole AJ Brown issue a couple weeks ago, but it could very quietly end up being Dallas Goddard who might be the casualty in that. I think this is a good way to get them open, try and attack, maybe get them involved a little bit, but mm, that's my concern. My biggest concern is what, how, if, if our defense can hold their receivers, that passing game, which is the second best passing offense in the league, they're no joke. And we've struggled against worse passing offenses this year. So the Eagles really need to find a way to either, Force matt stafford into mistakes which against you guys the niners he had two picks you they were able to get pressure you only the team only got one sack but the he's through two interceptions because pressure was in his face i believe that the eagles can use that kind of method as well maybe it won't lead to a ton of sacks but if jalen carter can just generate pressure up front josh sweat and hassan over the edges just make matt's life uncomfortable he did get banged up a little last week so he's gonna be a little bit more hobbled And if we can just generate that kind of pressure, then we'll have a chance. I believe that the Eagles will be able to force Stafford into mistakes.
1: One of the weakest parts of Matt Stafford's game is when he's pressured, he makes crucial mistakes. Um, And even this season, he's thrown five picks on three touchdowns. I think it is. And all five picks have actually come from pressures from the defensive line. So And it's it's every time it's on like a second or third down where they're giving Matt Stafford a little bit more time. He drops back five steps and then there's pressure in his face and he just throws the ball because he has a guy and he's made those plays before. Look at 20. um, Sorry, 2021, when they made it to the Super Bowl, Look at 2021, when he was making those throws. And for whatever reason, they decided to convert every single one that year. (laughs) Um, You know, he's not like that you know, he's not that form that he was there. So definitely you guys get to Matt Stafford in this game and I can definitely see him having a couple turnovers, like legitimately, I think you guys have that defense. You definitely have the defensive line for it. And one thing that we've talked about before with both of our teams is we are um, advantageous. We take, we take advantage of those plays, right? Anything that comes like that, where there's a ball coming to one of our defensive, you know, cornerbacks or or even a linebacker you know like they're gonna they're gonna make the play
0: right and that's what we can force turnovers capitalize on the mistakes that we couldn't last week yes because we couldn't we could add two last week so if that happens we have a really good chance i'm really thinking again i just wonder how they're gonna come out i wouldn't be surprised if the eagles were down early on in this game as well maybe down by 10 maybe even 14 going into this and because they're going to be able to they'll come out hot they're going to run their scripts right away and they're going to pick they're going to pick us apart moving you know going forward but if we can get to Stafford early if they can get generate that pressure maybe they don't even have to force turnovers just force three and outs and get Jalen the ball and the Eagles will be balanced the Eagles need to hold on to possession a little bit in this game on the road I, I think we're going to see a lot of green in the stadium for this one the Eagles fans travel well and and so far, that just seems to be everybody's favorite stadium to go to. So, it's, Well, the Rams don't have fans. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, they're all hiding in St. Louis, unfortunately. So yeah, it's true. It's uh, I I hope that, you know, that kind of energy will be uh will be helpful. It is one thing to consider that the Eagles are flying all the way to the West Coast. The Eagles have a weird travel schedule because they play the Jets next week, which will require going all the way back to the East Coast. So they're going to be doing a lot of traveling this week. And uh, I, I do think that'll be a little bit of a factor, but they play later. So theoretically in East coast time, it'll be seven o'clock. So they'll have a whole day's worth of emotion, like, you know, jet lag field. They'll they'll have time. They're, they're already there. So it's not like they haven't been getting their rest. So right. I I am interested to see how that, if that plays a factor at all, but I'm, I expect a rowdy crowd. I expect our guys to be prepared. Like we normally are. And Sirianni's just been so good at that, but McVay is also really good at that. I think if we can scheme Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald out of the picture early, or maybe just attack early and often, get them tired. That's I think with a with, when Aaron Donald, when you have an elite defensive lineman, if you can wear them down earlier than later, then you'll be able to have a better chance to win the game.
1: Yeah, definitely. But if he's able to get home a couple times early, he's going to have that momentum through the entire game, regardless of what he sees the rest of the game. Absolutely. Um, you know, guys like him, they ride off that high of getting to the quarterback early. That That's one of my concerns actually for you guys, or for, you know, for the Eagles is, is you guys have to make sure AD doesn't wreak havoc because he can single-handedly change an offensive scheme in a game he's done mm-hmm. it before. He's done it to some of the best teams in the league, making sure that he's handled and in a lot of ways shut down or at least, you know, not given solid opportunities every drive or at, you know, at least every third down or so. Um I think is a big key to winning this game. You know, I I think that in terms of their, you know, the Rams secondary, the Rams secondary isn't bad but it's not it's not great either there's ways to exploit it and i definitely see how especially you know i asked last week why um sorry i'm blanking on his name not aj brown but devonte devonte i asked how and why devonte hasn't been um utilized as much why i don't see him statistically popping up and that's because you're like well we've taken shots at him downfield you know every game i think this could be a game definitely where Devontae gets free, goes downfield a couple times. All of a sudden, he's got 125 yards and two touchdowns, and you're like, "Well, it's not even halftime." You know what I mean?
0: Right. And yeah, and and I think they're aware of the Witherspoon versus AJ Brown matchup that we're gonna that the Eagles are gonna want to attack that. And if the Eagles are really smart at noticing, okay, this is what the team's doing, let's adjust. We're really great at adjusting and just calling different plays, trying to see what's actually gonna work because the Eagles can they have a lot of different tools to use they have a lot of different ways to get yards and i wouldn't be surprised if the eagles start out slow that's that's one thing i've noticed this year the eagles starts haven't been great when the defense isn't making turnovers early the offense like that we saw that against the commanders they they took a little bit to get the offense going but once once they always seem to pick it up when it's the last two minutes going into half, and then they can they're they've been a dominant second half team this year. That was the case with the Eagles last year. With second quarters, the Eagles were outscoring everyone by like fifty points, and like in comparison to the whole year, so they adjusted a ton. So the adjustments are still there; they're just happening a little later than they should. And I think people are looking at the Eagles. They're like, oh, they're not as dominant as they were last year. When in reality, in terms of success rate, uh, EPA per play. And amount of yards and percentages in terms of that they've been succeeding, it's dead even from last year to this year. It's just the, I guess, the impact isn't as noticeable as it was last year. I think because no, nothing's the Eagles aren't taking teams by surprise anymore. The Eagles aren't all of a sudden this juggernaut because they are, they are a juggernaut, but now pe- they're unimpressed. That's the that's the problem. Yeah. there's their bar is set so high now mm-hmm. that it just doesn't seem like for everyone that oh the eagles just aren't playing at that super bowl level that they were last year and yet we're the only team to we're one of the few teams to start 4 and 0 after losing in the super bowl and we're despite there we might be a little hungover but we're still winning games and that's the Your rally yeah and we're we could call it surviving but at the same time we're winning games that most teams struggle to win out of the gate with all these expectations and the question moving forward for the Eagles is going to be will they get back to that level or they going to just be eking out games like this this year are we going to be that team that's winning one score games all the time that's a little bit fraudulent is it and that'll end up suffering in the playoffs maybe an early exit if we're winning like this all the time like yes adversity is important but you have to show that you can body a good team or body these really bad teams and we beat the Bucks 25 to 11 that's a two touchdown you know window that's almost a blowout there but we it'll be questionable especially when we're going up against the gauntlet very soon we're playing these high-powered teams you guys included it's we're going to get a real test of that that super bowl team needs to wake up or they might get punched in the mouth in the stretch and that's that's something that will be we need to figure this out this week and next week before we face miami that'll be the real first test of oh are we as elite as we think we are so,
1: yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think this is one of those weeks that you can build off of um, even off of a loss. If if I'm being honest, it's it's one of those teams that you can look at them and be like beating this team. That feels good. Like they're a good team. You know, they're not great, but they're a good team. We, we took care of business. You look at them also. You lot you lose to them. And you're like, Matt Stafford lit us up. And like there were some areas where we struggled, but recognize where that happened at. And now we got this out of the way, hopefully, and we can make those adjustments going into the gauntlet that's coming up for us so right
0: and and we also have to keep in mind that this season in terms of moves for all thirty two teams are there's still moves to be made there's if something stro- if we're noticing like if the back end is really struggling for us over the next couple of weeks, we'll make a trade. We did. We picked up Idoic and su and Joseph last year right before you know the free agent deadline ended and it's it'll be interesting to see what kind of moves we make but again I don't think even the Eagles I don't think they expected to be 4-0 and going on the road in this stretch and this could be a trap game in the sense that the Rams are frisky the Rams are also determined they are 2-2 two two. they're teetering there they don't want to lose ground on the Niners and the Seahawks they've been winning games that they shouldn't that overtime game they shouldn't have won you don't give up you don't that's also the thing they're susceptible to struggling at times and when you allow a rookie quarterback to put 23 points up on you in the second half there's potential for a blow up against a legitimate team but yeah where they are great at in the passing offense is where we are most weak in our past defense and that could be the thing that turns the tide in this game but again the eagles offense also can exploit their defense uh, through the air and on the ground because the eagles are just that much more balanced so this is a trap game for sure especially with the travel Going all the way to the West Coast and having played a couple tough games recently, it, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to say to say the least. And this will be Jalen's first start against the Rams, too. So he hasn't he has yet to see Aaron Donald in full force. And our right guard, Cam Juergens, is gonna be out. He's week to week with a foot injury. Sua Opeta is our backup, and he's a solid, legitimate backup. He's improved over the years, having to step up when guys get hurt he has a good rapport with Kelsey and Lane Johnson who'll be lined up. But I already know that that's where the Rams are going to want to attack with Aaron Donald. It's going to be Sua. So that'll be, that'll be the matchup to look out for. And if we can just maintain, keep the ball moving, have a big play early, maybe (laughs) we'll see what happens, but I'm banking on the defense here.
1: So final thoughts.
0: I'm thinking the the we win this game, If we can generate pressure on Matt Stafford and force turnovers, we lose this game if we're sloppy, again, with with penalties, and we don't capitalize on turnover opportunities. So if we played how we did last week against Washington this week, we could get got. So final thoughts, I'm confident, but definitely a trap game for sure. That's why I had the score as close as it was.
1: I like it. I like it. Well, with that, we're going to transition to our picks. Now, there's a little bit of a catch here. And I wanna I wanna point something out. I'm wearing a Sacramento Kings NBA basketball jersey. It's
0: the best time of year, baby.
1: It is the best time of the year. The Sacramento Kings are starting their regular season soon. However, the preseason does start in two days, three days? Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. So three days. Mm-hmm. So super excited. However, what this does mean is this podcast is now going to be Exclusively Niners, Eagles, and Kings.
0: Correct. And uh, again, we're still, we'll be breaking down. So this means that this is going to be our last picks pod on the podcast. And we're still going to do picks. And how we're going to do that every week is we're going to operate mainly off of our social media handles. So if you guys still want to go see our picks, which we will be posting on Instagram, TikTok, facebook twitter we'll have those all up there because we want to keep this going this was this has been too much fun we have to see how we end up this season so the next week we're going to do our uh we'll do our last positive and negative reaction pod but then it'll be one day of the week is gonna we're gonna talk about eagles niners basketball eagles niners kings that's it's how it's gonna work from here on out and then we'll obviously talk about any big news we're obviously if in the NBA we're going to be talking about our picks for who you know how we think the standings will play out we'll talk about the big moves obviously Dame and the Celtics all these moves that have been made we're, we're going to bring that up but like Ben mentioned we are changing the structure of the podcast now that basketball is going to be right starting right up and when football ends then our structure will change a little bit more Then it'll be mainly be basketball dominated so we will we, I hope you guys will know will bear with us with the adjustment and you'll still hear your teams. We're still going to, you know, talk about high points and low points, but it'll mainly be Eagles. It'll mainly be Niners and it'll mainly be Kings because there's only so much time in a podcast. So at Definitely. the end of the day, we have to, we have to, you know, do this when we, when we only have so much time to talk. So
1: there's, there's also only so much time to prepare because you and I are still <laughs> human beings. We don't get paid money to do this. We do uh, this yeah. because it's
0: really enjoyable, but
1: you know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into each episode. So, you know, if we were to have to focus on every single team and then add a a basketball team that we follow so deeply and with so much love and passion, it's like, it's going to be too much. So Mm -hmm. we will definitely, we will still find ways to like, like he said, on social media, stay up to date on everything, keep you guys up to date and um, report on the biggest news around every, both leagues. But As far as listening is concerned, if you're a Niners fan, you're here for it. If you're an Eagles fan, you're here for it. If you're a Kings fan, you're here for it. If you're all of those, this is the perfect podcast for you.
0: There we go. And at the same time, if you guys want to hear more, hey, maybe tell your friends. Maybe let's grow this pod. Maybe let's get people on here and maybe we'll find a, maybe we'll get to a point where Ben and I can just full deep dive into this. All the time, every day, in the sense where we can get all these teams involved, but that's you know that's partially on you guys too. We need your help. So definitely, but we we're excited for this change. We're excited for NBA and NFL to be going at the same time. Obviously, playoff baseball's going. That's awesome. This is the best time of year where all these sports are just happening all at once, and it's been great. So we just want to let you guys know now because it's going to be happening as soon as next week. We're going to be start. We're going to be talking about the NBA because it's happening sooner than it just came up on us now. So. We just want to let you guys know. So you're aware of the structure. So with that being said, let's move on to our last official picks pod on the podcast, a juicy week five. So let me pull out my notes here. So we got four teams on a bye this week. So we got the Browns, the chargers, the Seahawks and the Buccaneers all sitting out early. It's good for some of them. They've been hurt. So this will help the Browns and the chargers and the Seahawks, the Buccaneers. I think we're kind of in a good spot where they could have been, they could have kept going, but, um, with that being said, we will break down our first game. So what Look it up real quick, Ben, what's the score of the commanders Bears game? So we it just were... ended the,
1: <laughs> the bears. Wow. We were so wrong. Marcus. We were so, so wrong there, you know, early on the bears took over this game and they didn't really look back. The commanders kind of made it a game there for a few minutes. It was a 30 to 20 ball game with about oh, wow. six minutes to play. And then, um, I didn't pay too much attention. It was third and fifteen. Washington had it um, on their Mm twenty, and then I think they turned it over on downs, and then the Bears scored again. So it's thirty-seven, sorry, forty to twenty now.
0: There was a whole
1: absolute blowout.
0: That was there was that was the question: was who was gonna what was gonna happen first? The Niners lose first, or the Bears win first? Because there was a stat that the last time they won was the day before the day after the last loss you guys had which was wild yeah. to think about because they played they, Monday night that. Day.
1: <laughs> they also haven't won since Elon Musk took over X. has
0: <laughs> been This is the it, first one. It's crazy. So good for them. Um, you know, honestly, I'm glad we got that pick wrong because that's that takes away the Commanders were a threat for a second and now they're we're looking good here, so uh um yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with being wrong on Justin Fields. So so that shout out to the Bears for getting their win. We were obviously 0-1, both of us, so we'll chalk that up. Uh, so we'll go to our interesting London game. The Jacksonville Jaguars, for the second week in a row, are hanging out in London. And the Bills, high-flying Bills, September champs, are traveling all the way down to London. Who do you have winning this game?
1: I got the Bills winning this one 35-14. I think Josh <laughs> Allen, yeah. I, I I don't think this is going to be a close game. and. I want them to prove me wrong. I just have one of those feelings. Um, I think Josh Allen's going to play really well. The Bills' defense—they'll look solid in this game. They've looked solid the last few weeks. Um, so I, I have full faith in them. Even though the Jags are—they're—they're—you know—they're at home. Even though they're right. not the home team, They're it's still London's their home right now. It seems like they live there.
0: So mm-hmm. they signed up for it. That was the weird part when they did the NFL wanted to do this whole expansion thing. The Jags were like, "Oh, sign us up." Right. we don't we don't care about jacksonville we want to go (laughs) play somewhere else it's ridiculous but i'm gonna go in a different direction i have the jags upsetting the bills 28 24 Uh And, and this is only because the nfl i don't understand how they allowed this why they would let one team chill there for two weeks when then you're gonna ask the bills who just played a high high super intense game they're on that peak right now after just whooping the dolphins and they have to go travel across the pond that's that's a real thing that they got to go through, and the Jags have just been chilling there for a week, fresh, ready to go, and they just won there as well. So I don't think it's going to be a matter of, oh, the Jags are that much better. I do think the Bills are the better team, but I also think the Bills are going to suffer a bit more than we anticipate for this game, and I feel like that would be just enough for the Jags to win. And it's not, and again, has nothing to do with the overall talent. I think the Bills are the better team, and I would not be surprised if they won. But I also, I I can't help but feel like this might play more of a factor than we think it will. So I have the Jags winning 28-24. Fair enough. So moving on, we got the frisky Houston Houston Texans on the road against Atlanta. Atlanta are two-point favorites. And then I guess I'll go first for this one. I have Houston. This will be my first time picking Houston. Now I'm on the CJ Stroud hype. And Atlanta was one of my playoff teams going into this. But I'm starting to realize, well... My one of my thoughts was Atlanta's a playoff team and Desmond Ritter plays better, but at the same time Desmond Ritter is playing worse than CJ Stroud, (laughs) and he doesn't look any better. And he has great weapons: it's uh, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. Those are weapons, I'm telling you, but they're not making use of it. And when things were getting going in London, they were struggling, and he threw a pick six and. I just, I can't help but feel like CJ Stroud, D'Amico, they found a rhythm and they could very well lose this game. They are the more inexperienced team that Atlanta defense is still nothing to sneeze at. But I have a feeling that if I buy into the hype, it'll still benefit me with the Falcons winning and me being right with the pick. So at the same time, I'm have Houston winning 24 and
1: 21. I like that. That's the first time you've taken Houston. Um, and I I get it. I totally get it. I also have Houston winning this game, twenty-four seventeen. Yes. I, D'Amico and the boys are rolling right now, and I I don't see it stopping at the Falcons for the reasons that you said. So
0: perfect. I love that. Good. So we'll have you pick next. The poor Carolina Panthers are on the road against Detroit. They're Detroit nine and a half point favorites. Who do you have winning this one?
1: I mean, how much do we really need to talk about this game? I I don't think it's gonna be a ball game at all. Um yeah yeah i feel like i i don't i don't know lions 28 23 not close
0: that's fair i twenty twenty three 23 that's closer i got him 28 uh 28 17 i just think aiden Hutchinson who is tied for michael parsons with uh pressures uh in the entire nfl he's stepping he's having a breakout sophomore year he's going to be living in the backfield Bryce young is just they might have to take him out of halftime he's going to get hit so many times this line is just broken Jared Goff's going to have a decent game. That's all he'll need to have. And they'll still put up 28 points. So that'll be the Detroit Lions for me. So moving on, we got the Tennessee Titans coming off of a wallop of the Cincinnati Bengals at Indianapolis. So this division, the AFC uh, South, is all the teams are tied two and two. This is anybody's division. And this is a huge divisional matchup. So I'm curious what you have going for this game. Or wait, actually, I guess I'm going first because you picked last. So yeah, you go. I have the Colts winning 27-21. Now, the only reason I picked the Colts was I understand how well Tennessee played. But last time Tennessee played really well was at home. And then they go on the road and they perform like dog water. So I'm yeah. very curious to see if Shane Steichen can get his first road, uh, first home win. They found a rhythm. They came back. They almost won down 23 points. That's nothing to sneeze at. They had a chance. I think they'll find a rhythm. I think they'll be able to eke this one out. I don't think it'll be pretty—a pretty game by any means. But I have a, uh, I have a uh, Indianapolis winning twenty-seven twenty-one, and that's being generous on offense. I don't think it'll be that high scoring.
1: Yeah, I. So my question is: Is Jonathan Taylor back? Because I heard that he was essentially good to go.
0: Yeah, he's yeah he practiced after this. I feel so bad for him. If I were him, I wouldn't even do it like this it's weird. is weird this happened to all the running backs josh jacob saquon they stood their ground and then all these guys were uh, and their owners were like dude you're gonna lose this battle we don't need you any running back can come in and we'll pay them less and they'll still do more than you like and they he did the whole injury thing for the trade and tried to get a yeah. trade and then they're like nope you're injured and he's like i'm not injured and
1: it's a it's a really weird situation all around on the Colts, and I would hate to be Jonathan Taylor. However, he is back, and um, it sounds like he's going to be playing. And therefore, I actually have the Colts win in this game, twenty four to seventeen. If if Jonathan Taylor weren't playing this game, I would have taken uh, the Titans to win. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just banking on the fact he's. I don't know if he's playing limited snaps. I would assume so, but I feel like he's definitely still going to have enough of a presence to. Uh, affect that game in right. a positive way for them so
0: no i i agree and i didn't even i didn't even take that in consideration um yeah no, jonathan taylor being there is only going to benefit anthony richardson and that run game more that the run their run pass options would be much more dynamic with those two so right. I mean, because they're going to fear jonathan taylor and now he's fresh so that doesn't help anybody defensively so that's a really good point i didn't even consider that so uh, probably the most lopsided game of the weekend, the New York giants at the Miami dolphins. If this was a, a good as a rebound game for the dolphins, you know, they could have had considering the giants have been the, probably the most depressing team in the NFL this year. So yeah. you, I picked last one. The dolphins are 11 point favorites at home. Who do you have? The, what was the score for you? I'm very curious. Fin,
1: fins up baby. 35, 21. I just, I don't see the dolphins losing two in a row. Um, right now and i really don't see it happening against the giants there's no. just way too many negatives going on with the giants right now that i didn't anticipate going into the season and especially going into week 5 there were glaring things that uh stood out in week 4 that weren't necessarily standing out in the prior weeks you know 11 sacks is one freaking thing to take into account exactly. and you know it's it's just i think the dolphins are a much better well-rounded team right now
0: Absolutely, I have them. I have the Dolphins just romping them, forty-two, seventeen. I don't think that offense is going to get go. I don't think so. I truly don't think the if seventeen points would be a high point for this offense. Like they they had twenty-eight on the cards with yeah. Daniel Jones playing the best half he'll ever play ever again. It's I I'm giving up on this play, playoff pick that I had, which was so disappointing. I bought into the hype the wrong way. I I looked at it differently because Same. I thought the I thought the way they built the roster was sustainable until. I realized just how bad they set up Daniel Jones and how bad he's looked. And it's not all his fault. Again, I, I will come out and say it's not all his fault. In a different, better situation with a sustainable O-line, he he could do something. But not against, not with this team. Not against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to dominate. That's, that's how I feel. So we got a defensive matchup. The New Orleans Saints on the road at New England. And New England are one and a half point favorites. I have New Orleans winning 21-17. Now New Orleans looked terrible last week and so did the Patriots. I believe this is so this is one of those cases where I believe in the quarterback more. Derek Carr just has more weapons. The Patriots traded for JC Jackson after their star-studded rookie corner Christian Gonzalez tore his labrum. He's out for the year. That sucked for him because he was doing really well. He was playing like he a was. top 5 corner. In yeah. the rookie year they got a they got a good guy there, but having JC back, you know, he knows the system. He excelled in Belichick system. That's where he ended up getting the money for LA. And I I still have them winning twenty four twenty one. I believe that they'll pull out more plays.
1: So did you see a definitive report on carr playing? Because I didn't I could not find a report that said he like he's good to go. I saw that he wants to play and that he's working to play, but mm-hmm. I didn't see anything that he was officially in.
0: I didn't either. The problem was, I didn't I didn't think he was going to play last week. They said this whole soldier, yeah. the soldier shoulder thing was week to week. And yeah. the fact that he played last week, the fact that they chose an injured Derek Carr over a healthy Jameis Winston was interesting to me. The, the fact that they trust Derek that much more. Um, but I, I think regardless of the quarterback, I think the New Orleans defense is still pretty freaking good. And I know Tampa Bay did a really good job against them last week. Uh, but Tampa Bay has been a much better team than teams than we expected this year. We, I remember us at the beginning, we're like, we think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be the worst team in that division. That's very clearly not the case. It might actually be the saints. I thought the saints were going to be the best team in this yeah. division, or Panthers. Let, let me rephrase that. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, I think uh, even with or without Derek Carr, I think the, they'll have more juice than Mac Jones. I feel so bad for Mac, his career. He's, he's this is this is just a disappointing fall from grace for Bill Belichick. This is probably the worst way you'd want to end a career. Definitely, this is, this is like Greg Popovich ending his career like two years ago, <laughs> like losing with a 21 win team, right? With, but, with hey, no hope on the rise, it seems. Yeah, and then you get Victor, whatever. But well, they're not, but the New England Patriots aren't going to get the next Tom Brady, so that's not happening. Well,
1: I, I do have the Saints winning this one 21 to 10. So
0: I could see that, I could very well see them. I don't know what their offense is doing. They just haven't found ways to win.
1: It's not a winning offense, not a winning recipe.
0: Mm -mm. So we got a divisional matchup between the Baltimore Ravens at on the road uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens are three and a half point favorites. I'm surprised they're not more. But uh, who do you have winning this game?
1: I was surprised it wasn't more because genuinely, I don't feel like this ball game is going to be close. I I, I don't think so um, either. I think we both agree Ravens are going to win this game. I said 28 to 14.
0: I said twenty eight twenty one. So we were both we both have the idea. Again, yeah. I don't think Pittsburgh's offense they've been underwhelming, and that's being generous. And their defense, while at times they look great, they also have allowed the third most yards in the league. So it's like we, they're kind of showing us who they really are. And the Ravens would be um, they would be the first team since uh, the Chiefs in twenty nineteen to win their first three divisional games all on the road to start the season. So that, would, so that would be another good now. All their divisional games that they play moving forward are going to be at home. So that's going to be, again, I, like I said, for my positive, they were, they're separating themselves from this division, which is great. I want, I knew Lamar was going to have a good year. I banked on Lamar, you know, coming out. So I think they're, I think Lamar will be just fine. And all of their guys, uh, OBJ is coming back. Rashad Bateman's coming back. So their receiving core is now healthy and they were dusting teams even without the health. So. That's, I have the Ravens winning. Nice. Yeah, so we talked about the Eagles and Rams, fly, Eagles, fly. And then the a surprising line in this next matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals on the road at Arizona. Cincinnati are three-point favorites on the road. And I guess it's my turn to pick on this one. I have the Cardinals winning, 28-17. I don't think, okay, Joe Burrow, we're going to keep this brief. Joe Burrow came, so like they asked Zach Taylor, oh, do you think Joe will be your starting quarterback next week? And he was like, that's a weird question. I was like, that's not a weird question. How is that he's, a weird question? Yeah, he's, he was surprised. He's like, I don't know why you're asking me that. He's like, it's going to be Joe. And Joe's like, oh, my throws weren't affected last week. He's like, I wasn't, I wasn't throwing the way I should because I was hurt. He's like, the only thing that's been affected is my ability to extend plays. I'm like, bro, if that was really the case, then why aren't you hucking the ball like we know you can? I don't understand why they're trying to lie to the league, to everybody.
1: So so Joe is essentially saying to everybody that they paid him a shit pot of money to play like that? The worst no, quarterback Joe, in the this league? Is, yeah, this is literally your chance to use the injury as an excuse, whether it is or not. That, that's mind boggling. Yeah, I don't understand why the line is what it is. I don't understand how you can take the Bengals in this game. With the way they've looked the last few weeks, the way that. Joe Burrow's looked the last few weeks and the way that locker room appears, you know, like in all these press conferences, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, the head coach, like it seems very dysfunctional. It seems like there's there is a lot of unanswered questions and issues going on right now. So I, yeah, I have the cards winning this game 24-21. I feel like it'll be a little bit closer, but I can't take the Bengals right now. I don't see it
0: and uh it's interesting they're playing and going and i thought about this schematically because i know jonathan gannon very well they're playing exactly the way that he schemes his defenses for he doesn't have a dominant pass rush so he's going to play zone he's going to let you guys dink and dunk all day that's what they want so he's going to let joe just you guys can have your drops we're going to stop you and then we'll come in with josh dobbs and we'll run our offense really well i think they're I just don't see a world, and again, we could be wrong. Like maybe Joe Burrow's healthy. Maybe he's maybe he is back. But I don't. With what we've seen, the fact that they're telling us different things, I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe exactly. And if this is the product, I also think it's because this is a must-win game. If they lose this game, I think they're going to be out mathematically. Like considering the state of considering the state, especially the Ravens win and they just keep separating themselves. Then they'll come out next week and be like, Oh, well, I mean, I was playing hurt. And I'm like, Well then you could have just said that in the first place and yeah. just like admitted it to yourselves instead of lying to yourselves well, and everybody else.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing. He'll come out, he'll say, I've been playing hurt. The coach will say, He's been playing hurt. Starting next week, he'll be sitting and his injury table, his timeline for return is unknown at this time.
0: Right. I don't understand. So it, Annoying. it
1: I'm done talking about the Bengals, man. Yep. Yeah.
0: There, are so much hype, only to be disappointment. I felt, I feel bad for their fans, just in that sense, because they, they were, they were a legit team. But yeah, if they keep, if this is how they're managing, this is, this is classic Bengals, man. Like this isn't good. This is bad. So we'll move on. Uh, I mean, yeah, the New York Jets, (laughs) our favorite team, on the road against our second favorite team, the Denver Broncos. Somehow the Broncos are actually one and a half point favorites. It's because it's at home. But who do you have winning this game?
1: J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. I got the Jets winning this one 30 to 21. I just, I still hate the Broncos.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's all you have to say. <laughs> it's like I,
1: I, I will not pick them until they prove to me that they're a better team than they are. I,
0: I that's completely fair. And on top of that, they uh, Sean Payton is kind of punting on the, uh, oh, we're going to win like right now because they let uh, their best def- edge defender, Randy Gregory, go. Yeah a potential a potential key pickup for any one of these contending teams you the eagles the niners the cowboys the dolphins like the bills any one of these teams the chiefs like they could randy gregory would be an awesome addition and he spurned the cowboys two years ago i wonder if the cowboys would be like hey reunion we'll use you you can pair up with micah this would be it would be un that would suck that would really suck i want him to stay in the afc if he goes anywhere i don't need
1: that defense getting better
0: Except the Chiefs. I don't want him going to the Chiefs. I don't even care if he goes to right. the Bills, but I, I don't want I don't want the Chiefs. Well, actually, if, if he goes to the Bills, then it's Vaughn Miller. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he can make a lot of teams so much better. If he came to the Eagles, it'd be unbelievable. If he came to the Niners, yeah. unbelievable. Like, So it'll be interesting to see those developments moving forward. They actually said like they released him, but they also said that they didn't fully release him because they know teams will be interested in a trade. So they're going to hold him, use him to trade, whatever. So a team with um, maybe, I don't know, a team with $40 million in cap space might be able to make this work. But (laughs) who knows? (laughs) So with that, I do have the Jets winning 24-17. This will be the only time most likely that I pick the Jets this year. No offense, again, to all my Jets fans out there. So it's a totally different look. But Zach Wilson out was the only quarterback. Apparently, they said the stat, he was the only quarterback to outplay Patrick Mahomes with more yards touchdowns no interceptions he he was the only quarterback in college and the pros to outplay him of all people Zach Wilson in my opinion is better than Russell Wilson in this game and especially with the whole movement that the Broncos are trying to do I think they're going to accept the fact that maybe if we just suck a little bit and get a good pick and just rebuild that way get rid you know we're going to trade some guys get better pieces and Sean Payton's just going to take this then you know take a he's gonna get crapped on because he talked all this talk going into the season so with that i have the jets winning so i'm done talking about the broncos (laughs) um we have a frisky game that i was i i wanted to have some fun with but i couldn't it's the kansas city chiefs on the road at minnesota they're five point favorites at minnesota minnesota finally got their win but kirky didn't look good doing it so who do you wait it's my turn. So I had the, I had the chiefs winning 35, 28. I think this offense will, the Vikings offense will make it interesting. I think Jeddas and Kirk have found the rhythm, but Kirk is going to turn the ball over at the goal line when it matters. One of their guys is going to fumble at least once. And Patrick Mahomes won't have to really try and he'll have to put up like 28 of the team's 35 points. And it'll be interesting to see. I just, I just think that uh the Vikings will try to make it frisky but let's be honest like the Chiefs are going to win this game. They they seem to they they will they will win this game.
1: Yeah, I I have the Chiefs winning this one 38-35. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um like you said, you know, Kirk Cousins and Jay as they've they've found their rhythm. It's just there's still so many problems with the Vikings and it's been the same problems for the past like seven years it seems like so (laughs) um yeah i think taylor swift's gonna have six camera shots on five touchdowns so
0: every every, mvp it's it's literally every uh travis kelsey throw i know then they're like oh let's go to Taylor." like that's, that's how it, this is this is gonna this is gonna be this is gonna get old in just a couple weeks but it's i'm gonna...
1: convinced like he could have a negative play in yardage and they'd go to t swift and she'd be like
0: <laughs> yay like yay sports <laughs> i'm here with the mama kelsey yay. mama kelsey's the biggest celebrity in the planet let's face oh, it she's hanging seriously. out with jake from state farm and <laughs> she so she went from patty's
1: game or no she went from jason's game. game eagles game mm-hmm. and flew over to kansas city or something like that went somewhere yeah. to watch travis play that night i thought that was super cool
0: they played in new york so the eagles had the earlier game and obviously the right. jets played so, so so they they were able to make that work I, again that's so cool the life MVP. of a, when they're when both your kids are that cool and that good and their teams are like the whole super bowl thing like that's awesome like that what a what a situation to be in <laughs> right i haven't Seriously. checked out i haven't checked out the documentary i really want to watch that kelsey doc it really goes yeah. into it really goes into a lot of stuff from the Eagles last year, and it's mainly Jason, but obviously it's the relationship between Jason and Travis. They'll talk about the pod, their life growing up together, but it does go into a lot of the Eagles stuff from last year, which obviously, naturally, I'm curious in, so I want to see that. So, we already talked uh, Dallas Cowboys at Niners, Bang Bang, Niner Gang, we have winning that one, so... We'll go to our last game Monday night: the Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Devonte Adams gets his first chance to play his team, uh, his former team. So, uh, let me see. Did I pick last? Yeah. So, who do you yeah. have winning on Monday night?
1: This was a hard one for me, dude. Same.
0: This was a hard one for me.
1: And as I'm as I'm reading it, I'm even still thinking about it. But I'm just gonna go yeah. with what I what I said.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I. I have to this point not been able to trust the Raiders as much as I wanted to. And as high as I've been on them early on the season, or at least on Jimmy, I just, there is no guarantee with week to week with them. So um, I don't really have an idea. I I say Packers win this game 24 to 21.
0: Okay. So you and I have the same score. I actually went with the Raiders in this one. And I, I want, and I think with Jimmy or with Alex O'Connell, the Packers have been, they they were disappointed against the Lions. There's there spots. Yes, Jordan Love could probably have a good success against this uh, Raiders uh, pass defense. But I do think this might be the game where Devontae, will he's, he's telling Josh McDaniels, he's like, we're scheming me for almost every play. And I'm going to get two touchdowns in this game. And Josh Jacobs is going to have to have a big game. I see this, well, they'll do just enough. And if Jimmy plays, I only bank on him having one turnover, not multiple. And it'll just be interesting to see. But I'm this, this will be probably one of my last few times to do this. So I am going to go with the Raiders in a matchup that they could win. And Jordan Love, they did, they do have the extended rest that will help the Packers too. But I don't know. This, I'm, I don't know why I felt this one. I, I haven't really been super well, high on the Packers this year. So I just wanted to go The for reality the
1: is, yeah. And the reality is the Raiders should win this game. Mm-hmm. like they you know you look at them up and down you look at their roster you look at just the overall um the experience that the the raiders players and the coaching staff like they have i i they should be winning this game but yeah they should have won a few other games this year too
0: agreed yeah so it's weird i yeah i don't know how I, again this again just like you i was having trouble with it i wasn't really sure how i felt about this one so um so yeah, any final thoughts before we uh take away the pod here on our on our last picks pod.
1: This was the last picks pod and I'm gonna come away with the victory again. So Okay. <laughs>
0: it's like okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that, sir. <laughs> um but again, we will continue our picks just on our social medias, uh our social media play page. So if you haven't checked us out yet, please go ahead and check us out. And uh, uh you can find us on Instagram, Twitter TikTok, X—I said Twitter already, so <laughs> never mind. I'm—I'm I'm never gonna get that right. So, and Facebook—we're gonna—we have a Facebook group on there for the Behind the Back Pod. We're gonna upload that, and we'll again—we'll add that information to the description below. And um, well, I think we'll be able to post our episodes there too. So, if you're a Facebook user, you can check that out. Same with t- uh, same with Twitter—we post our episode links on Twitter as well. If you're on Twitter a lot, you'll be able to access it straight away from there. So, And we'll figure out how to navigate our posts so you guys can see us more consistently and follow along with us on our picks. So again, this was our week five picks. This was our last major picks pod. Our next time we'll do picks are going to be the NBA. So this will be a lot of fun. We're excited we're excited for the change. We're excited to just dive into our teams that we love so much. And you'll hear more about our where our Kings fandom started, how this all worked out. And hey, During basketball season, we have a couple guests that we might want to bring on here to kind of have a little fun, especially with the Kings fans. So we have some Kings fans, friends and family that will definitely uh, think we think will be good content for you guys. So we'll keep you updated with that moving forward. But I am Marcos Conan Negron. I am Benny the Jet Rats. This was episode nine of the Behind the Back podcast. Guys, we're making progress. We're having a lot of episodes. We're having a lot of fun. So we'll see how we do this week with our picks. We'll come back next week on Wednesday. You'll hear us uh, with our positives and negatives, as well as breaking down the Eagles and Niners. But with that, we'll see you later. Peace. Peace.